Welcome to Conversations with Pussy. This is a podcast which holds liberating and empowering conversations about sexuality, pleasure and healing. We're focused on supporting all vagina owners to feel free and excited about having a loving and soulful relationship with their pussy. I'm your host, Grace Hazel. Welcome to the first episode of Series 2 Conversations with Pussy. In this episode, I am having a conversation with Vianney, who is a menstrual cycle alignment and spiritual guide. Vianney does have her own podcast, which is called the Period and Power Moves Podcast. Within this episode, we will be focusing on speaking about menstrual cycle alignment and healing. Vianney shares about her experience with hormonal breakdown and PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. This experience had her considering whether she should have a hysterectomy. We speak about getting into the conscious mind in order to tap out of negative thoughts on the menstrual cycle. And we also get into some of the questions that were asked via my Instagram page. This podcast is totally suitable for anyone who experiences a menstrual cycle and also for folks who don't. So I hope that you're cozy, perhaps make a cup of tea and sit back and relax and receive all of this amazing healing wisdom about menstrual cycle alignment. Vianney, welcome to series two of Conversations with Pussy. I'm super excited to have you here. This is quite literally the first time I've recorded a podcast episode with me speaking on Conversations with Pussy for about two years. So, oh my gosh, incredible thing to have you here as the first person. It's like I'm breaking my virginity with you. Thanks so much for having me, Grace. I'm so excited. I'm really am to talk to you. Mm, me too. So what I would love to say, first of all, Vianney, is that um, yesterday, you, I knew that I was going to interview t- you today, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to drop into Vianney's podcast. And it was at a time where I had been out all day, and I suddenly got really tired and really cranky. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? So I got into bed, and I played the first episode of your podcast. And I want to admit that as much as I do work in sexual healing and women's sexual health, so I like to say that I'm a vagina expert. When I started listening to you talk about your journey with your menstrual cycle and getting aligned, I was sat there in such a hormonal mood. I thought this has just come at the most perfect of time to start opening up Ah. an amazing conversation about how we can get in alignment with our cycle. That is so just, that's just made my day that you can have that shift in mood, that shift in mindset just by listening to my podcast. I, that really means a lot. And I'm, I'm glad that you did listen to that first episode because that is just me just going, what? that is my truth. <laughs> you know what? Those first episodes where you just tell your story and I'm hoping that we can really get you to, to, 
to share your story to my listeners because I think that's where we get into that raw space where mm. we are simply saying look this is my purpose this is what I do for a living and this is why and especially when we've had those initiations into why we do something I think it mm. makes our work even more special so I'm going to be Absolutely. So excited to start getting into these questions about how you got into the work that you do now. But first things first, I'd <laughs> love to ask you, what are your pronouns, Vianney? She, her. She, her. Brilliant. Next thing, so everybody knows exactly who we're talking to. What is it that you do for a living? Well, Grace, I am a menstrual cycle alignment guide and I'm also a life and success coach. And I weave in hypnotherapy, subconscious mind um, techniques into my coaching to enable people to really become more empowered by their menstrual cycle, instead of seeing it as something that would hold them back, prevent them from reaching their goals, um, meeting their higher self. I get them to see that they can use their menstrual cycle as a resource and as a tool to elevate and transform their lives. Um, in a way that they just didn't know was possible. So really tapping into that, that inner wisdom of your cycle so that you can become more balanced, more grounded, happier, and live your life literally in flow. <laughs> Incredible. And what I really love about that is in, in hearing your story about how you've been an entrepreneur for most of your life mm -hmm. and the way that you witnessed that as you started to align with your own cycle, your business and the way that you showed up to your work completely changed. Mm, yeah. Oh my God. It was such an eye opening experience because what I what I was previously going through was months and months of just repeated cycles of taking 10 steps forward, what I felt like, and 100 steps back when my period was on the horizon. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you need to be self-motivated. You need to be able to be the one that can have that discipline, have that fun, have that play, but also have that structure um, in your business. And the minute I started using my cycle as a resource for my success within my business, my life, my relationships, everything changed. I'm so much more calm. <laughs> I'm so much more at ease. Um, and I allow myself to give myself moments of grace when I feel like I might be pushing. Um, and that really restores and regenerates my power so I can show up in a bigger and better way. Mm. And just incredible to have you talking about this and I want to be really real here and actually share a bit about my story or, or not my story this is not about me but I want to share yeah. <laughs> that last year or when I first began my business um, a couple of years ago I moved out to Bali and when I did that, I went into what I would say a complete disconnect from my own natural rhythms. And I was consistently pushing myself to do, 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 to meet mm. goals. And what happened is that I went into burnout. So I started having anxiety attacks. I started having panic attacks. I wasn't able to show up to work anymore. I was so um, completely depleted, but to the point 
of, and, and I really related to your first episode of your podcast, that um, I returned to the UK at some point, and it was like I was in, in an existential life crisis. I was considering what is the point of being alive. Yeah. So, so much um, need for us, and I believe particularly when we are in women's bodies, when we're following that natural rhythm within our menstrual cycle, to actually give ourselves that space to see self-care and rest as part of the process of really regenerating and being able to show up to our work in a bigger and better way. Yeah, oh my God, you said that so beautifully. Self-care and rest are the catalyst for success. And I think that's where we've got it twisted. We're thinking self-care and rest is selfish or it's lazy or it makes us weak when actually if we allow ourselves that time to rest and actually manage our self-care better and amplify it, we're able to avoid those experiences where we have felt burnt out, where we have felt like, what's the point of going on, you know? Um, and that is when we're actually living outside of our biology. That's what's actually happening when we go through those moments of burnout, overwhelm, despair. It's because we're actually going against the grain. I'm sorry to hear that as well. And I'm, I'm really glad that you've seen the, the difference of using your cycle to, yeah. to Just- restore and regenerate just getting into it though so i'm i'm super excited to to really get understanding it a little bit more and also there are so many questions that folks from instagram have been asking so what i'd like to do is say we're on conversations with pussy right and um for the years and years that i've run circles and um connected people or supported them to connect into what relationship they have with their genitals what i love to do at the beginning is go hello what is it that you call your genitals? So I'd love to offer that question up to you, Vianney. What is it that you refer to your genitals as? Well, I actually refer to my vagina as my vagina. And when I'm like really feeling powerful, I actually call it my pussy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, are we talking about what we used to call our genitals when we were younger as well? You can go for it. <laughs> I might as well share that as well. Go for it. Whatever you want to share. This is so strange. I don't know whether this is a Caribbean thing because I'm Jamaican, but I used to call my vagina my Mimi. <laughs> Whoever is called Mimi out there, you've got a very special name. Very special name. <laughs> Extremely special. I love to track it back and be like, what is it that I used to call my genitals when I was young? Because I think, especially for a lot of folks who own vaginas, if they are referring to the same name that they used when they were, let's say, a child, there can be like, it can get a bit twisted, right? Mm. If we want to kind of embrace ourselves as a sexual, um, as a woman, let's say, and we're still yeah. referring to our genitals, which I believe is our source of power, as yep. our, they are Mimi, it can <laughs> get it twisted from being like, our oh, Mimi relates to childhood. Exactly. So you've reclaimed that word pussy. And so when you're feeling powerful, you bring pussy in. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, if you could track back to your whole timeline from when you were born to this moment right now what is the biggest thing that you and your pussy Mimi vagina have got through? (sighs) I think 
it would have to be, it, I, I suppose there's two separate scenarios here. So the night um, that I had my hormonal breakdown, which was then, you know, to be diagnosed as me having PMDD, there wasn't a connection there. I didn't, I just, I still at that point where I had that hormonal breakdown, I still wasn't making that really solid connection between my womb space and who I am as a person. Um, so I would say it was after being, after getting the diagnosis of PMDD, I was like, okay, so there's a relationship here that we need to heal. Um, there's a relationship here where I do feel disconnected. I am not honoring, respecting and celebrating the power that I have within me. Right. So I would say it was, you know, shortly after having the PMD diagnosis and then being told that I'll just have to manage my symptoms, right? I'll just have to kind of get on with it or here, take some SSRIs um, or consider having a hysterectomy. That was like a moment for me when I thought, no, like this is, this is my body. I'm going to reclaim it. I'm going to put myself back in my own hands. I'm really going to advocate for myself and others. And I think, you know, saying this out loud right now, that really was a pivotal moment for me, actually, um, where I was able to really see that I was magical. I really was able to know my power. And I really felt fearless to kind of activate that power as well. I was excited by it. Mm. I was, uh, there's so many bits in that that I really want to pick out and <laughs> more. But first of all, what I want to do is that I'm aware that I personally wasn't super aware of PMDD. So for anyone who's listening, I feel like it's such a good opportunity to talk about what that is, how it shows up and how, and, and, how it is that GPs or hospitals pick it up, what they tend to prescribe as a way of supporting you to get over that and what it is actually that you chose to do instead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for everyone that's listening, PMDD is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, it is a hormone-based mood disorder. It affects one in 20 women and it's, it starts off as severe PMS. If you know what PMS is, so premenstrual um, syndrome, so you have the irritability, the crying, the anxiety, the up and down mood swings, the headaches, the fatigue, those types of things that you experience when you are on that hormonal roller coaster. PMDD is like taking that up to like a thousand percent. It's like PMS's crack sister. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. It is raw, real, and it is very debilitating. Um, and I didn't know anything about this, right? I didn't know that this even existed. This only came into my life when I started exploring why were my symptoms so severe every single month. Um, and after coming across this community of women who were experiencing PMDD um, for, you know, some women for decades, um, it was really eye-opening because one, it made me realize that I wasn't alone. So all of that time that I was suffering, and if you're listening to this and you're suffering with severe PMS and you think it might be PMDD, you're not alone. There is support for you. Um, what I was advised to do was to start tracking my cycle for two to three months, two to three cycles, and to see where those elevated symptoms would appear, like what days they would fall on. So instead of like being a little bit irritable and 
being a little bit catty, it was like pure rage. So I'd have to track when that pure rage would come out, which I now know is like a sacred truth. Rage is real and it's a truth. Um, so yeah, well, I was just tracking those symptoms for a couple of months and really starting to see those patterns. Um, and I went to the G- I went to my GP, went to my doctor and brought all of these clinical trials, all of these medical documents that I'd found from resources, um, from the International Association of Premenstrual Disorders. And they referred me to a menstrual cycle specialist, sorry, a menstrual, um, disorder specialist. Um, and that's where I was diagnosed. And it's very important to dis- to distinct or to yeah to distinguish that PMS is not PMDD. They're completely different. However, there are options for you to heal and to resolve your symptoms or reduce them. Because I was told I had to live with this for the rest of my life. But five months after being diagnosed, I no longer had any more symptoms. I no longer have PMDD in my life. I still experience PMS on and off when I'm not you know really um, paying attention to my cycle, which is rare. However, I was able to heal from that. So my message and my mission is to show women, people with periods, people with uteruses, to really reclaim their power and to really understand that just because someone in a white coat has told you that this is your destiny, this is your future, these are your options, that's not true, right? That's not true. You have so much more influence and authority over your life than you could ever have known. So, yeah. Oh, I just want to celebrate you. Like, take a, a hot minute to celebrate you in that, in what you've just shared with with everybody. In that, actually, we can be told that some, we have something and that it is incurable, and we just have to manage it. And um, I believe a lot of folks get told that about. Um, especially situations that are navigating within our genitals, so our womb or our womb space. Or for me, I had vulvodynia for about a decade. And um, I used to go to doctors and I remember being told, you're just going to have to have painful sex forever. And and being sat there like, really? I don't think so. And, And when you when you just shared that story it's just like that perfect wonderful mirror of seeing that when we get told these things when we get told that this thing that's actually debilitating and changing our life and i do feel that when it's centered for us in for me it was my vulva and my vagina and, and i'm hearing for you it was coming from you know the hormones from your womb I believe that there's a little bit of a dulling down about that when, when it's like, oh, you know, you're all right, you can manage it. But actually, when it's centered there, for me anyway, I can say from my own experience, it can take away from this feeling of um, being a woman, being able to show up as wholly myself mm. and then to be told by a doctor, hey, actually, you know, just manage that. That's actually saying, well, go continue on living like, like you are, without feeling fully whole, without feeling fully aligned in your life. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is what it is. It's the journey to wholeness when you start aligning with your cycle. Um, And it's very easy for Western medicine and, you know, doctors and GPs that aren't coming from that naturopathic or that holistic standpoint to be very dismissive. I actually had to bring my husband to my GP appointment just so I wasn't ignored, dismissed, so he could say, no, this shit is really going on. Like, she needs help, (laughs) right? Because 
I've been brushed off before as like, oh, you're just being hormonal. Or everyone has those symptoms or, oh, it's all right. It's just that time of the month. No, that's not what it's all about. That whole non-committal conversation just leads us to ignoring our symptoms and ignoring what's really going on, really ignoring the truth that is behind um, those, those messages. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to ask, and I think that any listeners that are really resonating with with having similar a similar experience to you will really benefit from this to understand what what are two or three things that really turned it around for you? What really supported you to align with your menstrual cycle? Um, I think one of the things that comes to mind when and I. I sometimes forget to tell the story because it's just woven in my memory. Um, but I've been sharing it more lately and I didn't realise how much of a difference it actually made to the steps that I took. And that was that my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 11. And I witnessed her completely make a shift in how she lived her life to find that path for healing. She changed the way that she ate, she changed the way that she thought, she changed the way that she, get, what she gave of herself. And that was when I was 11 years old. My mom's 67 now. She's made a full recovery. And I witnessed her, you know, really take back control of her life and say, no, this isn't going to be my destiny. And I'm not saying that, you know, for anyone that has lost anyone to breast cancer, that that's not what they've done. But just to witness that as a small child, it really made me say, do you know what? I can do this and I'm going to do it in my own way. I'm going to do all of the trial and error. I'm going to try everything. And I did. (laughs) I literally tried everything. I went on this whole rabbit hole of, um, I mean, this complete rabbit hole of, um, you know, um, expanding my spirituality, you know, changing my nutrition, digging up my university books because I studied um, health studies and cosmetic science. So really digging out all those anatomy and physiology books and reminding myself what, I, what I've got going on here, right? So I would say three key things that really works for me. One, hypnotherapy. This is why I weave it into my coaching now. Um, hypnotherapy was super, super powerful because for anyone that's listening, your subconscious mind is the one that's in the driver's seat. Yeah. Your subconscious mind controls 95% of your daily thoughts, behaviors, and habits. So if you have a behavior or a habit or a thought about a, well, that's disempowering about your menstrual cycle, your periods or your body in general, then you're your subconscious mind is going to go about and make that a reality for you. So working with my subconscious mind extremely helped me so much so that I trained to be a clinical hypnotherapist and done all of my certifications, um, that, and then changing simply what I was eating. So I started, um, and this is a real trial and error, but I started, um, eating foods that were specific to what phase of my cycle I was in and noticing just, more energy or like feeling lighter, not so heavy or feeling that I had um, a clearer head, right? Um, so yeah, moving food, foods around to change what I was eating at each phase of my cycle because we're not the same person each week. As we go through these four phases of our cycle, we can't just 
live on the diets and the foods that you know have been like shoved down our throats in the health space at the moment like intermittent fasting or keto those things don't work during each phase of your cycle so why are you going to try and eat the same foods every single day um so yeah a lot of trial and error now i've developed a system which i've got inside my coaching program um, and then I would say the final thing that really helped me was just acceptance, right? Recognizing that this is what it is. My menstrual cycle is actually here to support me. God didn't make any mistakes. He doesn't want me to suffer. You know, I'm not here to live a life of lack. I'm here to live a life of abundance. And the abundance that I have is actually coming from my womb space if I allow it, if I accept it, right? Um, so just having that that recognition to give myself more grace and more compassion and decide for myself that it's okay for me to just be and be in that feminine energy instead of trying to always do accepting where I'm at each phase. Mm, I love those. All of those points feel so powerful. So I want to also just swing right to the, to the where you began with just really, having a moment to acknowledge your your mum and how actually I can imagine that witnessing her going through what she did and completely transforming her life has in some way like really shaped you from the foundations of you to be able yeah. to have strength to know that you can personally go through um, shifting your body's reality in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's super, super powerful to know that I witnessed that and um, it has shaped me. It really has, knowing that, we, you know, Louise, hey, you can heal your life. You can heal your body. Like, those things are real for me. <laughs> those things are very true for me. I'm not into, I always say, like, um, the word woo-woo really irks me. It really irritates me. Like, I'm, like... You're either spiritual, knowing that there is something bigger than yourself, or you're just not like that, and that's fine. But this is real, and um, yeah, my understanding, my mind, my body, and my spirit, and how they're all interconnected, is um, super, super powerful for me to to able to show up the way that I I do, and to educate the way that I do as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you for owning that part. It's such a it's one of those things that I find um, witnessing the sea of so many wonderful practitioners out there in, in, in life. But also I think when we're on Instagram, we can really see, you know, how people show up and offer. And um, I have a thing around woo woo too, because I mean, just from living the life that I've lived, spirituality is ingrained. It's not something that I do. It's something that's within me and everything that I see around me. Yeah. Um, I believe that when we're, when we're working within healing work in any form, that really owning that, that layer can be so profound for people. Um, mm. I especially find as well that when working with that element of, you know, like, spirituality is integral that's what I believe that actually when I when I support people to connect into their genitals into their pussy let's say it's like sometimes they're meeting God for the first time it's like they're <laughs> yeah. in God between their thighs and yeah. those moments it's like it, it happens to be, be able to be open to that and to weave it into the work that we do is so so powerful but mm. so thank you for showing up and and for owning it in your own work yourself yeah 
So, I have a question or two. We'll see how we go because I'm sure that the answers aren't just one-liners. So, we'll see how we go. I've asked some folks on Instagram some questions or asked them to ask you questions about menstrual cycle. And um, one of them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this one first, is from my housemate that I'm living with at the moment. Mm. Um, so, I'm going to ask her question first and then go into the others. And um, the first question is, how long will it take to return back to a normal cycle after the removal of the coil? <sighs> I would love to, um, normally when questions are asked, I would love, love, love to give you the answer that would answer your entire question. Um, unfortunately for this one, I can't, right? So first of all, it depends on, it depends on so many different things. It depends on what coil you have. So there's two types of coils. There's the marina coil, the one that has hormones, and then there's the copper coil that doesn't have any synthetic hormones. If you are experienced, if you are having the hormonal coil, then we don't know. It could take a few months. It could take a year, it could take 10 months, right? Um, what That's not important. What's important is that the fact that you're thinking about wanting your cycle to, re to return, right? Just having that intention is going to really accelerate that, that cycle returning. Now, the reason why it's gonna take an unknown amount of time for your periods to return, um, when you remove anything that's hormonal based, <laughs> It's because you've been having synthetic hormones and what's actually happened is that your brain and your ovaries have stopped talking to each other. So um, when your brain and your ovaries stop talking to each other, it shuts down ovulation. Um, you're not producing a, enough progesterone, which is a sex hormone, which allows you to feel more calm and protected and all of those things. Um, so it's your hormonal system is complicated. But all I want to say is when you do remove the coil, start sinking to your cycle right away. Even start now. Now, if you don't have a period at all, you can start by harnessing the power of the moon, right? So nature and our bodies are reflected in each other. Our womb space is a really great um, depiction of the seasons that we have on earth, right? So there's four seasons of your menstrual cycle, sorry, four phases of your menstrual cycle and there's four seasons in nature, spring, summer, autumn, winter, we go through those phases, phases during each phase of our cycle. If you're not experiencing those phases, then the moon has a 28-day lunar cycle. And you can actually sync your cycle, not go ahead and, you know, decide I'm going to sync to the moon, but you can actually use the energies of each phase of the moon to start working with your cycle in a way that tells the universe, first of all, I'm serious about this, I'm committed to this, I want to reclaim my power, I want to have my cycle back just by doing that alone is really going to make a big difference. I really hope I could have answered that in a way that gives you a clear indication of when your cycle is going to return. But one thing I want to throw in, which sources just um, dropped down to me, is to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. If you're resisting sleep at this moment, which I know a lot of people are because it's such an uncertain time, make sure that you're going to sleep before you're actually tired. Getting your sleep pattern back in check is another cyclical rhythm that we follow. So it's really important that you um, recognize that, weave that into your day-to-day -day life and set the intention of calling your cycle back. Mm, thank you. 
I particularly love that part around um, getting connected if, if folks aren't having a regular period cycle menstrual cycle or aren't having a regular period should i say because that's one of the questions here so you've almost just answered a blanket <laughs> load of questions <laughs> i'm really so, so thankful for that's what um, i do <laughs> how can i connect my cycle if i'm not having a regular period so you've literally just pulled up that question as well to say hey actually you can connect in with that moon cycle and I think that's that's something that I really love to to tune into myself um, and I know I shared a little bit about my own journey with with my hormones and and with mood swings but um, I really knew I'd got it I really knew that my my hormones had settled down when I started bleeding with full moon so every full moon whatever happened I would bleed with it and I would know if something was a little bit out of whack so for instance I was um I drove for four days from the UK to Ibiza because I've got a puppy so I needed to drive because flights don't take dogs these days just every <laughs> no you can't put a dog on a plane anymore but um it was so stressful for me so stressful that I could feel that my body went and pulled in and mm. so when I arrived on full moon it took me well I was four days late right I was four days late until my body finally settled and said I can bleed now yeah um, I find it so wonderfully interesting that once actually we really settle into the rhythm how much we really do get um pulled and moved by the way that the moon flows it's, it's a yeah. thing right and I mean coming back to that woo woo thing again to be like you know some people might be like the moon but actually yeah. it's made up of so much water that 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 intrinsically links into the water of our, of our own bodies right yeah it's magical it is magical and I'm really glad that you shared that um that your body said right you can bleed now I actually had one of my past clients send me a dm yesterday and she was asking she was saying her period's really late and she doesn't know why. She hasn't got any symptoms. She doesn't think she's pregnant. And I said to her, I wonder what would happen if you asked that part of your body what it needs to reveal to you right now. Because sometimes when our periods are, are, yeah, when our periods are late, it means that we actually haven't sat with ourselves for an amount of time or long enough to really know and to, to, to um, receive that wisdom, right? or to receive that guidance or to receive that moment of like safety, mm. like for you, like arriving, I'd be thought like, okay, I can bleed now. There's a, there's a reason behind everything. Things just don't happen out of thin air just for the, for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. Um, one more question. And then I want to, I want to kind of wrap up so because i really like the end question i want to make sure we got some time for that one so let's have a look at this one i would love to say right so this is this one always lingers with me so i'm going to ask you it to get your your opinion on it because i always have a, an opinion on it and i think that it's really good to to open up for other people's voices on this so safest pregnancy prevention method <laughs> it's a big one right it is a big one and it's first of all i'm here to educate and i'm here to allow you to see that you have options right safest is a word that is going to be down to preference 
right? <clears throat> because I don't know what you deem as safe for you. Safe for me, right, is having options where I'm not flooding my body with synthetic hormones, perfect to be perfectly honest with you. We're only fertile for about four to five days out of our entire menstrual cycle. If your cycle is typically 28 days, we're only fertile for five days of that, right? So that's something for you to consider. If, you've, if you're the type of person that's been on hormonal contraception since, you know, 16 or younger, right? This happens. It's like a rite of passage all of a sudden going on the pill, right? If you've been on the pill for... 10 years and you're just taking it without intention, without knowing why you're taking it, or if you're on hormonal birth control because you think it's a pregnancy um, um, prevention method, which it is for those four to five days, but you're experiencing a whole different array of symptoms, um, you might want to consider that you might have more symptoms when you transition off that, um, that birth control than what you originally started with. So for me, in my personal opinion and my personal experience, having a um, non-hormonal method would work best, right? So I've actually got the, um, the copper coil, which is non-hormonal. I've had it for about, it's coming up to my fifth year. Yeah, it's coming up to my fifth year. I haven't had any problems with it, but I've heard people who have had, you know, extreme problems with the copper coil, heavier bleeding, um, heavier bleeding or more cramping. I haven't necessarily had that, um, but I have had a full menstrual cycle. I'm able to experience every single phase, right? Another option, which is definitely safe is, um, the fertility awareness method. So that's not using any contraception and actually tracking your cycle, charting your cycle, checking your basal body temperatures, checking your cervical mucus at each phase of your cycle, um, and really having a real detailed eye on what exactly is going on in your body. There's lots of, um, they call them FAM educators, facility awareness method, um, all over net right now. I think it's so incredible that we have access to all of these resources. Um, but yeah, personally, that's my opinion. Mm, thank you. <laughs> it's a really good one. And um, it's so amazing to hear that you actually have the copper, the copper coil and to hear how you, how you manage that. And also to hear that every birth control method is going to impact each body in a different way. So I guess it's finding what works best for you, right? What yeah. works best in your own body rather than, well, if this person says it's this way, then I better do it this way. And I, I can imagine that for some people, just doing it in the natural method of checking their mucus and doing all of that jazz, it might not feel safe for them, you know? Yeah. If they've previously had, um, let's say, an unexpected pregnancy, uh, that might not feel safe. So yeah. actually finding something that creates more safety in the body and that feels good to you and, and works with you, I feel like that's, that sounds like the safest option to me. Yeah. And, you know, I have been through an array of contraceptive cocktails, I call them, like from, I don't even know when I first, I think probably about 16 or 17. Like I've tried so many different contraceptions and I think, going through all those different contraceptions and recognizing, okay, my body doesn't feel right with this. I'm having these symptoms. Um, 
I've tried them all, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. I've tried them all and I've settled on um, the copper coil, which I do plan to remove. But for now, not having any hormones in my body feels really good to me. It feels really safe to me. Um, so, yeah, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Last question. Last question. This is from Instagram. This is a question from me. Um, we haven't gone much into sex today, and usually it's the subject of the day, but actually... Exactly, part two. Yeah, exactly, part two. But why don't we just swing something that has the, the word sex in it? So, <laughs> And actually, it might be... Hang on, let me ask the question and we'll see. We can navigate it a little bit to apply a bit more to, to what we've been talking about today. So... Um, the question is, if you could tell your younger self one thing about sex that you know now, what would that be? Oh, I'm going to go with the first thing that just came to my mind, and that is um, to remember that we've been conditioned to think that we need to be ready for sex, up for sex, feeling sexy all the damn time. That's not true. Again, I'm going to weave it back to the menstrual cycle. There are certain phases of your menstrual cycle where you do feel more desirable. You do have more sexual energy. Um, you are up for sex. You, you actually look different, right? You're releasing pheromones. Your face becomes more symmetrical, so you can become more attractive. There's so many things that are happening during the course of um, your menstrual cycle and that's your inner summer, your ovulation phase. So if I had known that as a young girl, knowing that I didn't have to feel sexy all the time, or I wasn't, I didn't have to be up for sex all of the time. Um, then yeah, that would have made, that would have made me feel really empowered. That would have made me feel really empowered. Um, so for anyone who's listening and you think that you need to be turned on all day, every damn day. That's not true, right? <laughs> During the first half of your cycle, absolutely, you are going to feel that way. But there's certain parts of the latter part of the of your second half of your cycle where you are not going to be wanting to be so outward um, with your sexual energy. And then there's really interesting and um, exciting parts of your cycle in the latter part of your cycle just before you bleed where you may actually feel more turned on right but it's about paying attention this is why it's super important to pay attention to how you're actually feeling in your body instead of ignoring distracting suppressing it's about paying attention and owning it standing ovation i feel like i'm just imagining myself just you on the stage just that statement alone I'm just everyone standing up and just <laughs> because it's so important, so important to really support ourselves to know that we don't need to be feeling completely sexual, turned on this, that, and the other at all times. And I think that personally, and I'll speak from from being in the the zones of sexuality that I am in and um, hanging out with the the folks that I do hang out with, there can be this pressure to be sexual, to be switched on, to be feeling sexy all the time. Mm. And actually it's, there's so much power in, in really listening again to what our body's doing, to actually following as you have been so beautifully articulating within this, this time that we've had together, your cycle, listening, really deeply listening to there are times where I feel more sexual and ready and open for sex or 
for intimacy. And there's going to be times where actually you're in that phase where you're doing the letting go, you're doing the shedding of your skins and you don't really want to be intimate. And mm. that's so normal and natural and actually way more beautiful to, to embrace, way more, way more powerful to embrace than, than trying to be sexual all the time. So try, try and be switched on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've got a lot to learn from you as well, Grace. I feel like I need to dive a bit deeper into your work. Oh, <laughs> feelings mutual. I can't wait to, um, to get even more into your podcast and to, yeah, really, really learn more from you, Viani. And what I'd love to do is just ask, how can people find you? Just sell yourself. Give all the <laughs> find you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at status flow with a W at the end of flow.co. Um, yeah, my, my, um, business is actually called status flow collective. I never said that, but, um, I'm on YouTube as well. Status flow collective. I've got the podcast, the periods and power moves podcast. Um, and I've got a free Facebook community as well called The Flow Zone, where I'm doing lots of live streams at the moment, um, just really opening up this conversation, teaching more, educating more. Um, and I'm really excited because I am relaunching my signature program, Flow Zone Alchemy. So it is an online course that's going to help you to sync with your cycle and maximize the magic that's found within your cycle. Um, so you don't have to worry about when your period is going to start and you can really start stepping into that identity of someone who's a cyclical being and really seeing how your life will elevate and transform from this experience because it's a journey, right? It's not a destination. We're not going to suddenly be cycle aligned and be all set and happy. It's just a beautiful process. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle shift. Um, so yeah, those are all of the things. And this course that you're releasing, when does that drop? Um, so we are actually pre-launching at the moment. So the waitlist is officially open. So you can join the waitlist. When you join the waitlist, there is a super juicy cash discount. Um, and also you get a free guide to start working with your cycle straight away. So when we do open the doors officially, um, you've really got some like meat and potatoes to kind of get you get you going, get your juices flowing. Fantastic. I will note everything down on the show notes so there's just an easy click into that rather than people scrambling this down into their notebook. So I'll put it all <laughs> in there. Oh, well, it's been such a pleasure. Oh, I feel so soft and happy that we've had this conversation. <laughs> I was all nervous at the beginning and here we Thank you so much, Vianney, for taking Thank you so much. to us. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Grace. It's been amazing. Keep doing the good work. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Conversations with Pussy. If you like this episode, please leave it a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would really benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them, whether that be a friend or a family member. Also, if you're on social media, please do come over to my Instagram page, which is grace underscore 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 hazel. And if you really fancy it, you could share this podcast episode on your Instagram page too. Don't forget to tag me in. I always love to know if you have enjoyed and received knowledge through the work that I share. 